Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. spa night last night so I feel quite refreshed amazing how's your new place oh I love it absolutely love it yeah I'm so happy it's so much better than the basement suite just because of the light it makes so much difference especially there it really yeah it really does where where are you I'm in Calgary right now okay is that where you're from um kind of like yes and no I grew up on the island like, I was born on the island, and I lived there till I was eight, and then my family moved here, like, when I was in grade six, so I went to high school and stuff here, but I don't know. I don't know. BC feels more like home, because I have, like, more childhood memories there, but I went to high school here, so it kind of feels like home, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Where on the island did you grow up? Campbell River. Ooh, okay, because I lived in Nanaimo till I was six. You know what? Like, island people just get each other. I feel like I'm just <laughs> instantly drawn to island people, and I always find out after, and I'm like, oh, that's why. Especially, I, with- I love it there. My parents actually just moved back to, they live in Nanus now, and every time I go over there, it's like a little vacation. Yeah, I know. I love it, too. I've been spending more and more time there since I'm homeless. I hang out at my parents' house a lot, and um, it's magical. Like, it just, it's such a... It has everything Vancouver has to offer, but it feels a little bit more down-to-earth to me. Yes, like just being surrounded by the water and all the nature, and oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's peaceful. It's like calm. As soon as you get off the ferry, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> Different energy for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm recording, so I guess I should introduce you. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome, Lexi. How's it going, everyone? Welcome. We're happy to have you here. here on life and shit and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today I love it it's quite similar to like when I did a little bit of like my own podcast it was kind of the same sort of thing like just like a raw real like authentic conversation with like no no like hiding things you know like no holding back just pure authenticity and we'll just like make an agreement right now like we're not even gonna edit this we're just gonna have a conversation and then we'll just we'll give it to 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 the people who want to listen to it (laughs) beautiful that's beautiful well I was gonna ask you that actually what happened tell us about your podcast and why did you stop I assume it probably was just because you're busy you were in school and stuff but what happened what was the story of your podcast what was it called again it was called the daily diary I'm thinking of bringing it back but basically um, I used to go on my Instagram stories a lot and do these little like story times on there kind of. And then I jokingly mentioned one time like, oh, I should just start a podcast. And I woke up the next day to like a hundred DMs asking for an actual podcast. So I started one and I loved it for like a little while. And then I don't know, I just kind of fell off. Like I was in school working, wanting to do so many things. Also, like, I don't know if you know a lot about human design, but I'm a manifesting generator and I tend to take on projects. And then as soon as I'm kind of like 
not fired up about them anymore. I just stop. Abandon them. I'm just getting into human design. I'm just learning about what that's all about. I'm a projector, so I know a bit about me, but I tend to be surrounded. I feel like everyone I talk to is a manifesting generator, so I need to do some research on that and figure out why that is. We're basically just like multi-passionate people. See, I don't know a lot about projectors. I don't even know a lot about human design either. Like I've looked up my own chart, same with like astrology and all of those things, but I don't... I don't like live my life by them you know what I mean they interest me but it just kind of more in like a fun light way yeah I agree and I usually only know self-centeredly about my own <laughs> me too like I know or everything like, about Scorpios but t- I, there's so many signs that someone says they are and I'm like cool I know zero like, what are, what's your them. sign I'm a Scorpio what are you oh, okay okay I'm a Gemini Gemini see like I know Gemini's allegedly have like two two personalities and that's where oh, my 100%. knowledge ends you're not wrong (laughs) but like okay it's it's like twisted though I feel like we get the rap that we're like a two-faced but really there's just like two different sides like we're either like high energy bubbly like enthusiastic or we're very like introverted kept to ourselves and I it's just like a more of like a mood it's not really like a personality change or we're not gonna like not like bipolar yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's different and I just learned too, I had um, a friend or someone come on the podcast who is super into astrology and he helped me understand that like, it's not as simple as just your sun sign. Like you have to understand your moon and your rising and like all of your, all of your planets and like everything. It's so complex. It's not so simple. 100%. I have definitely dove so deep into that and like read all about, but it goes, it goes, there's so many layers. Like I eventually kind of stopped at like yeah. maybe like the third, fourth layer. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is enough. Yeah. It's a lot. It's like a, a dark hole of just like mystery, but it's, it is cool. I like to learn about those things because I do feel like it's a general kind of roadmap to understanding ourselves and other people. Those are like kind of our tendencies. I, I feel like there is a lot of merit in that but like the more you work on yourself the more you have control over like who you are and how you're living so I totally agree I mean I feel like people who are like really against astrology I'm like um the planets have to have some effect on us like look at like women's periods and the moon yeah that's what I say too it's like look at the tide like how can you (laughs) deny it how can you deny the fact that the moon is controlling the entire ocean and humans are like 90% 90% water like come on we're susceptible yeah <laughs> we're like oh no the planets don't affect us yeah. such a such a human ego it's crazy it's um funny. okay well yeah actually you mentioned that you would go on your stories and just like share very authentically and like vulnerably and that was a question I had for you because how did mm-hmm. you get so comfortable just being in your skin and sharing so openly and like being so raw and real with people on social media how did that mm-hmm. start for you Uh, it's an interesting question because I think I'm often perceived as like way more confident than I probably am sometimes. And for me, openly sharing about things wasn't difficult. Like I just never found it hard. I was like, okay, well, this is the facts. Like, this is what I've been through. Like, this is what happened. Like, it felt more just like, like kind of just like, like, I don't know, like it happened. I was just sharing it and I thought about it and I'm like, everyone everyone goes through something like everyone has a story and so I just kind of had no problem sharing mine and then 
I received like a lot of feedback about how I guess different that was and people really enjoyed it which made me really happy but I don't know I it didn't it wasn't difficult for me I guess and then it's funny because it makes it seem like like I don't know I would have no trouble like trouble being myself but it definitely took me a really long time to feel actually comfortable in being myself and I don't even know if that person who was sharing all of that necessarily was living authentically I think I actually had a tendency to overshare as almost like a trauma response if that Mm. makes sense yeah it does make sense but I think that's why I started following you because it is so refreshing to just see someone put their shit out there like not be afraid of being judged not like trying to uphold this like ideal of like living the perfect life like I love going on to your story and just like hearing the most random like realist shit that like people are going through but nobody's talking about it so normalizing that stuff is really powerful for people it's like such a refreshing thing to see on social media when everybody for the most part is just trying to appear perfect life is good everything's fine everything's fine you know Mm-hmm. I thank you. I appreciate that. It's an interesting thing because like on Instagram, like on the actual feed, like I love a good photo. I love when I like look good in a photo. I want to share it. Like, so that whole like aesthetic side of Instagram, I actually do quite enjoy. But my story on the other hand is very just like, I don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I have this opinion that if someone were actually to get to know me in real life, that's what they would see. And so there's no point in me like putting on a different face for an Instagram story. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, that's how you live. Like we're all messy, like not saying that your, your story is messy, but like we're all messy people. Like we don't look polished all the time. We don't always have our shit together. So I love that you are comfortable kind of sharing both sides of you. And it makes sense that you want your feed to be like aesthetic and you're going to share. It's still nice to get dressed up and take a nice photo, but that's not, that's not what life is like all the time. So no, no, not at all. Not at all. Really never. (laughs) Really never. Yeah. Well, One thing I really appreciate you is, like, how openly you share about, like, your kind of, like, chronic illness experience. I don't know if this is, like, a more recent thing in the last couple years or if this has been an ongoing thing. But, like, not everybody, like, hops on their Instagram story when they're in the hospital and, like, going through it. And it just helps people, I think, understand that experience who don't live that firsthand and kind of have more compassion around it. Was that a decision that you made or is that just come naturally to you as well? Yeah, for the health, that one, that one definitely came a bit more naturally, like, as everything kind of does with sharing. But at the same time, I felt a very strong calling to share that story, just because what I went through was so horrible. And like, you couldn't, it was so hard to navigate. Doctors weren't helping me. I was so shocked by our healthcare system, because I was like constantly, it took them four years to diagnose me with celiac disease. So I was in and out of hospitals from the time I was in grade like eight or nine until grade 11. When I was like 16, I was finally diagnosed with celiac disease. But by that time I'd done like way too much damage to my gut from like eating gluten for four years, causing all this like damage. And then after that, it was like, I had 
I lost my period. I was having these skin rashes, reactions to all types of food. I was getting strep throat like every other month. I was having yeast infections all the time. And the doctors like weren't doing anything about it. They never gave me any direction on diet. They never, they would just kind of keep pumping me full of medications and specifically antibiotics for the strep throat. And that was just doing more and more damage to my gut. They didn't care that I didn't have a period. And so I ended up kind of going into my own journey of seeking out naturopaths and Ayurvedic doctors, ancient Chinese medicine, holistic remedies, and kind of learning more about diet on my own. And then I ended up getting even more sick somehow, I think just because of stress. But I started noticing like blood in my stool and then like a lot of blood, like it was kind of freaky and it took them, I think it was about like two to three months until I was finally diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And I had to go through five different doctors and they ended up like actually not even like they refused to treat me um, for various reasons. It's kind of a long story, but I, my mom, she's an RN. So she actually called in a favor and that was the only reason that I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and at that point I was just so sick of doctors and the fact that I was pumped with all these medications and I still am actually and like I still get sick all the time and so I just I felt like I needed to share that for anyone else who was experiencing that and then also because I wanted people to know that like my life is not perfect you know what I mean I don't want people to think that I have a perfect life. Yeah. Well, nobody does, but we spend so much energy curating this version of ourselves on social media where it's like problem free, everything's good. I look good all the time, I feel good all the time. So it's really it's it's like shocking in a sense to like hear you talking about like bleeding out of your ass on your Instagram story. Yeah, but I know. It, that's like that's <laughs> I find it so funny like how else am I going to say it? Like I'm like uh okay cuz people no. are like what's ulcerative colitis and I'm like um well <laughs> Well, no, but it's real. It's like yeah, of course you're going to describe it that way, but it's just so different than, you know, people most people are swinging the other direction where like there's shit going on in their lives that they don't want to acknowledge or share. So they're overcompensating by, you know, posting this and posting that. And I just think it is doing society such a service to just like share things as they are and just be real and just show people that like everything is not perfect all the time. I really, really respect and appreciate that about you. Oh, thank you. And, and to add to that, how are you ever going to be truly loved if you don't actually show yourself you know like if you hide those parts of yourself and someone came in and they were like oh I love you it's like do you love me or do you love like this idea that I have created for you to perceive of me you know what I mean yeah for sure and I mean I think a big part of that too is just like we need to know who we are and if you're not honest with yourself if you don't spend that time like building that relationship up and getting comfortable just like being who you are and expressing that doesn't need to be on your story necessarily for everyone. But if you're not living your truth, if you're not like being your highest self, then the people that you're going to attract into your life are not going to be the people who are aligned for you and like your highest good either. Right. Like you're saying, like we're not going to be in alignment if we're not able to be like, okay, this is hard 
and this is what my life and this is who I am and this is what I'm going through. If we're always pretending, we're going to be attracting artificial connections and artificial opportunities and things that are completely misaligned. And I think that's a big reason why, unfortunately, a lot of people got to a certain point in their life and they're like, I feel like I did everything I was supposed to do, but I'm still really fucking unfulfilled and I'm not that mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really sad. It <laughs> it's the first step, I think, is like self-acceptance and accepting all the good and the bad so that you can actually love yourself, not just love yourself on the good days or love the good things about you because that stuff comes easy. Mm-hmm. I think there's a quote, actually, I think it was from a movie like a really long time ago that I saw, but... Um, this couple was getting married and her friends or I think it was her friend or the fiance, whatever. He said, um, I like you because of your best qualities, but I love you despite your worst ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if that's not the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone being... has bad things about them or not. even. There's no good or bad, but you know, like the unfavorable traits. Yeah. And it's that like comfortability and being your whole self. Like, I mean, that comes down to like shadow work and like the yin and the yang. It's like, we're not, we can't be the light without the darkness. And you need to find those, those people that you're comfortable being your whole self with like every part of you, not just, yeah, not just the parts that are easy to love. Like you said. Exactly. And like, not everyone needs to get on their story or go on social media and share like all of these things, especially if they're not comfortable and there's parts of them that they want to keep private and share with only their closest friends. That's totally like cool. It's more so I think when we look at social media and you see just like good, good, good highlights, highlights, like that kind of thing gives the wrong perception to maybe younger girls or whoever's looking at it, you know? Yeah. It's damaging. I mean, social media, I really love social media. Like, for anyone listening, like Lexi and I don't even know each other. We've never met, but I feel like I know you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I started following you or how we got connected, but it's been like years of me following you. And I genuinely feel like, you know, I, I know and respect you. And social media has brought a lot of really amazing people and opportunities and like my entire business to my yeah. life. Right. But it also has a dark side. Like you have to protect yourself because it's not an accurate representation of most people's realities and we have a human tendency to compare ourselves and create a lot of suffering around what we don't have so if you're not intentional with it it can really fuck with you yeah I I've never really I've understood the dark side of social media from other people's perspectives but for myself personally I never cared. Like, if I didn't want to see your pictures on my feed, unfollow. Like, it was so simple to me. Even if you, even if I knew you and I was friends with you, I would unfollow you if your content was not something that, like, brought me joy, inspiration, motivation, whatever I was looking for. And so, for me, social media was so, it's so easy for me. I never, I was never really a consumer. I always was just, like, posting things and was very cautious of like who I followed and what I watched. And so for me, I never had a bad experience. I always saw it as something kind of fun, especially when TikTok came out. Like I was like, this is great. Like you can see all these things and all these people and get inspired and look at people's artwork and dancing. And I just saw it as like the beautiful side of it, you know, but maybe that came from where I am now, like being more secure in myself because thinking back to maybe when I was like, 
in high school, it would be a different story. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy to think about growing up in this, like, social media environment that we exist in. Like, when we're impressionable, when we're vulnerable at, like, you know, 14, 15, 16, and we're just being bombarded with all of these, like, all of this messaging about, like, what we need to look like, what we need to be doing, how we need to be showing up in the world. I, it's mm. it's scary, especially, and I mean, this is a whole nother tangent for me, but like with filters and Facetune and like <laughs> the actual like dishonesty of some of the ways that we are able to like present ourselves on social media. Like it really fucking, most people know this about me, like it really triggers me. And it, I know, it's like girl, disturbing. Every time I use a filter, I think of you. <laughs> It's crazy, (laughs) crazy, crazy how many people say that. Like, it really sticks with people. And at least, like, I don't care. Like, if you really want to show up with a filter on, go ahead. But at least you're thinking about it. I mean, at least we're, like, aware of the fact that it is having an impact. And we are, you know, there is a reason why we're doing it. Like, there is a reason we do every single thing that we do as humans. Like, the subconscious mind is crazy. But, like, if you're at least having some kind of recognition that, like, oh, okay, like, I'm making this active decision to, like, put this on my face and that's how I want to show up I feel like that's a step in the right direction at least yeah as long I think sometimes I'll use them and sometimes I don't care like I will come on with a face mask and like my skin looking bad no filter I don't care and then some days I'm like I want to use a filter it's more yeah I don't know but it's not that like I think that I I have to use the filter I think that's where it kind of comes in to play like if you feel like you need it and that you're only pretty or you're only confident with it on that's an issue yeah and I mean I think you do have a healthy relationship with that in a sense and that's that's worth noting because you do show up like very radically yourself and like there is a balance there for me it just concerns me when I know I'm watching like certain people or certain groups of people who will not show up without it. And, like, there are people who are editing their photos to be different. And it's just this whole, like, insidious, like, it's just so contrasting to, like, the concept of self-love. Like, if you the, if you cannot show up as yourself, that's really disturbing to me. And I just like to shed light on that and encourage people to feel safe showing up as themselves. I, I think it's funny how people kind of get, like, almost, like, nervous about, especially with when I'm with people or like people are taking photos like it's always a comment about like my relationship to filters or like my beliefs but my only wish is that people just feel safe being themselves I just know that it's okay to just show your face and love your face and be yourself right yeah I think you go about it in a beautiful way where you're more so creating awareness and encouraging people to show up as themselves instead of you're not knocking people down like <laughs> you use a filter. You're <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No, I, I honestly don't judge people for it. But I think that sometimes there's an assumption that I do. But I understand like very clearly that we've been conditioned. Like when you think about the trajectory of how filter started, like it started so cute and innocent on Snapchat with little doggy ears and a stupid little tongue. Like they really like brought it in in such a a playful way and now it's become something completely different and I know that we are just like products of society so I don't judge people for doing it but I do like to at least get people a little curious about why they're doing it and just like create an opportunity for reflection yeah self-awareness is key Mm -hmm. 100% I'm curious I just want to circle back to what you said about 
kind of having a healthy relationship with social media overall and feeling good about that. Do you feel like you have a tendency to just be positive and see the beauty in things? Or is that a skill that you've cultivated over time? When I am kind of up, I have no issues. I'm quite positive. I like to see the good sides. Everything always works out. You know, I've been through so much trauma in my life. And so every time I make it through or I'm facing a new problem, I'm like, okay, well, it always works out. (laughs) So, but I definitely have very, very dark times and I'll go like a month, like maybe more, especially when I'm sick, it gets really depressing. And I've struggled with a lot of depression. And during those times, I would say I'm probably like so negative. I'm definitely not. And that's, that comes back to the social media thing where it's like, I want to show the the real side and I definitely feel that I do, but there is times as well when I'm really in the depths of like darkness where I don't want to put that energy out. I don't want people to like see that. So I don't really do it in the really bad times, but maybe after. And in, in that case, I can give a bit of a positive spin on it. Like once I've calmed down, I can be like, okay, but I definitely feel my feelings. I don't think you should be positive all the time because sometimes shit sucks. Like there's no, and you should let it suck because if you let it suck enough, you'll do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that way of putting it, but yeah, I mean, spirituality and positivity are like key ingredients in my life, but it's scary to see how they've kind of become a trend and there's toxic positivity and there's toxic spirituality and we're kind of, invalidating the whole like I said that darkness that exists like we have to feel all our feelings we have to embrace all of our experience especially the hard shit and it's a conversation I get into a lot with my clients because it's easy to feel sorry for ourselves when we've been through a lot of shit and the people who end up coming to me now at this point they're seeking like their highest self they're like ready like all of my clients are like high functioning people who are just ready to like get to that next level of fulfillment and like freedom right Mm -hmm. and it can be hard. Like that work is uncomfortable and that's why a lot of people don't do it, but it's so beautiful. And I feel like it's such a fucking blessing, but we wouldn't get to that journey of like seeking that without going through some shit. You know what I mean? So it's like honoring that and knowing that it's okay to feel not okay. All of our like lower vibration emotions are what they give us meaning in life. They like make us who we are and they give us opportunities to seek something different. So generally those feelings are surrounding something that you care about you'll feel sad annoyed angry if it's something that you actually care about so if you didn't feel those things you you probably just don't care yeah <laughs> like like if something happened to your family or if you uh the other day at my graduation ceremony I didn't RSVP it was like this stupid thing I found out the night before and I was stressing thinking I was gonna miss my whole ceremony I was getting really bad anxiety I couldn't sleep I was panicking and I was able to take deep breaths and be like hey it's all gonna work out and like create a plan in my mind like you can drive to school in the morning talk to them it's like it's fine and if it doesn't work out and you miss your ceremony that's also going to be okay like that sucks obviously you don't want that to happen but you will survive and you will be okay. And that helped calm me down. But I, it also showed me that I really cared about attending. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Those uncomfortable emotions are like, 
their goalposts kind of for like our values and like our priorities and our goals. And I think it's a really cool way to look at it because we often resist those things. We're just like, nope, (laughs) I'm not feeling that. I'm not like, I always talk about with my clients, like loneliness is one of the really hard emotions to deal with and we want to resist it. It's like you feel it coming and you're like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not sitting with that. I'm not feeling that. I don't want to experience that. Well, how do I get rid of this? And then we go drink or we go party or we go do whatever. We find ways to try and escape it. But like you're saying, like loneliness is, it's okay. If you're alone, you might feel lonely. And like, what does that represent for you? Like, what is the goal? What is your value? What do you need to move towards if you're honest with yourself, right? That's a very interesting topic, actually. I like, I like that because I've definitely felt that a lot considering, I don't know, I'm 24 now. I have not been in a serious relationship since high school. Well, I've been in serious relationships, but I haven't been in a relationship for more than like three months. My last one was like maybe six, but it basically ended at three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just dragged out. But, um, and then even just like to do with friends as well. I, I'm always alone and it took me a really long time to fully feel comfortable in that. But like you said, if you just sit with it long enough, you become your own best friend. And now I'm like, I'm in love with being alone. I want to do everything by myself. (laughs) Well, and it's a superpower in a sense, right? Because there's a lot of people who we, we suppress all of those uncomfortable emotions. So when you're alone, that shit starts to come up and it's really scary and it's really uncomfortable. But when you kind of process that and you spend that time alone and you build that relationship up, like you can do anything. You can go anywhere. You don't need anything. You don't need anyone. You're like fully self-sufficient, which is the goal. Like we need to be whole in that sense in order to enter healthy functional partnership or friendship or mm. anything. Like that's what keeps us from being codependent and enmeshed. Yes, is that ability. And also not settling because you know you're good on your own. So you're gonna wait for someone who's worthy of your time and attention. Yeah. When you have that good ass relationship with yourself, you're like, I'm not sacrificing this for anything. Like when you find that peace and that stability within your own being it's like someone would really need to be amazing. Actually, you said this on your story this week, didn't you? Like you're like, I am so good right now that like you would have to be I was like, boys, <laughs> bye. Like I was like, do not come into my life right now and fuck it up. Like I am thriving. I don't want any of you. Yeah, I feel that like on a intergalactic level. Like and as as you spend more and more time being independent and doing your own thing. The idea of letting someone into your reality becomes like, you're like, yeah, the bar is really high. Like you would have to have a lot to offer. You would have to really be meeting me where I'm at and be like extremely well-rounded and self-aware and all of these things in order to fit into like this high standard that I've created for myself. The more you do for yourself, the less you feel you actually need like a partner. And don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on love. I'm not hating on relationships, but I feel personally, I have my entire life to be with someone like I am 24 is still so young even 30 is still so young I don't feel the need to seek out a partner or get that going and then be with them from the like rest of my life even if it wasn't even if it was only for a few years I just I feel personally that relationships as much as people probably don't want to admit this they do limit you in a way because if you're thinking of moving somewhere, you consider your partner. If you're thinking of taking a new opportunity, I feel you consider your partner. And it's not a bad thing to do. I, I would hope that you would consider your partner if you're in a healthy relationship, not necessarily 
give up things or sacrifice for your partner, but consider them. And I don't want to consider anyone that that sounds <laughs> awful maybe, but like, I want to be 100% selfish. I want to be able to pack up my stuff and move if I want to go take a new job. I want to be free and explore and meet people and connect. And not that you can't do those things in a relationship, but I feel there are definitely barriers, especially if you take into account everyone's boundaries for where they're comfortable and with what what their partner does and how much time they see them. Yeah, it's so much compromise. And it's, I, I definitely, that resonates with me. And there's like this one haunting Facebook memory that pops up for me every year. <laughs> and it's old now. It's like eight years old, probably. Like, I'm actually way older than you. You're making me feel like a grandma. And I wish I had this like wisdom. Wait, how old are you? I'm turning 33 this year. Oh, sh- oh that's my, oh, I love the number three. Um, Yeah, three, that's my angel number. So I know, I already know that this next well, year is going to be like thriving. magic. So I'm ready. I'm yes. ready to receive. Um, and we'll talk about that in a sec, I think, manifesting, all of that, yes. like, that magic. But, like, there's this memory from me, like, when I was in university, and it was, like, a weird, like, 3 a.m. thought, and I was, like, just rambling on Facebook as used to be kind of normal, but, like, still wasn't that normal. But I was like, guys, I just don't understand relationships, I'm going to be honest. Like, I just feel like if you have this version of you that is like has all of this potential we're unlimited we have so much like capability and then you're combining your life with someone else there's just inevitably so much compromise happening that how can both people reach that potential I don't understand it and it was like actually a really interesting conversation that unfolded underneath but every time it comes up I'm like I still feel that and I mean I understand it differently now where like you have to, we have to have those highest standards. You have to find, you have to be patient. You have to find someone who's like evolving at the same pace as you and who has like enough in common with you that you're kind of, you are on a similar path, but that is rare. I think that's the important point. It's like people just jump into relationships and it's like, okay, we're here and this is what we're doing. And then you are limiting yourself in that sense. And you may also become a little dependent as well potentially I personally would like to get to a place in my life where I am fully self-sufficient I have my own home I can pay my own bills I can buy anything I want for myself I know how to use tools like I I'm a I'm a handy girl I can lift things like I don't there's not really a lot that I would like need a guy for so he would have to if I get to that place where I'm able to provide everything for myself this man will need to be able to give me like things that I cannot give myself and I won't be dependent on them. Like I'll be so self-supported that if they were to repeatedly disrespect boundaries or something, I would have no problems cutting them off. Whereas if I couldn't afford my own things, etc., I would be dependent on this person and less likely to leave. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think the p- things that realistically we need someone to compliment us in are like not worldly. <laughs> They're not material. You know what I mean? Like it's like an energetic partnership yes. more than anything. And I have full disclosure been in multiple relationships where I'm financially dependent and I get kind of pulled into that, like that, like lifestyle thing and the money thing. And then I end up in these situations where I'm like, fuck, I would love to leave, but I, I have to now come up with this whole game plan around like an exit strategy and, building my financial independence back up and I've done it 
more than once and it's not fucking easy. And so I understand why people do get stuck and kind of complacent oh. and trapped in those dynamics for sure. hundred percent. Like no judgment there at all because like I'm in a position, thankfully with my life, I'm privileged. I've had a wonderful upbringing. Like, you know what I mean? So I can't speak on someone else who wasn't brought up the same way who maybe potentially did actually need a partner. And there's no, I'm not saying that those people are lesser than or there's something wrong with them. I'm more so speaking of just my own personal experience. Um, I'm also not very, I wouldn't say I'm actually that strong in relationships. They're not my strong suit. (laughs) I struggle. (laughs) I struggle a lot. (laughs) And I find heartbreak to be one of the worst, if not probably the worst feelings ever. And it really brings me down for quite some time post relationship. And I think that's the part that scares me so much about being in one right now is yes, I don't want to limit myself, but I also just, I don't want to get into something for the ending. I'm not ready for that. I'd rather just live blissfully by myself for some time. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you're young and there's nothing wrong with taking that time to be with yourself. And I did that after my last relationship, like it's been, I've been single for two years and it was, I was just so selfish. Like I was not letting people in. I was not interested in dating. I was, I've, and I've never really been that way. Like I've, I was in a relationship for a long-term relationship from like 16 to like 21 or 22. And then I went wild for a while. And then I got back into a relationship like six or seven years later. And this is the first chunk of my life where it's just been me and me and like really being intentional with getting to know myself and like healing and understanding myself. And it's been the most beautiful thing ever. But then I got to a point just like probably at the end of last year where I'm like, okay, I'm getting like really comfortable in this. And I know that like I push myself to take risks and, you know, find my edge and expand that in every other area of my life. And I know that like, eventually I'm going to have to do that with love. You like, you have to put yourself out there. It's a double-edged sword. You don't want to become hyper-dependent and shut off love and relationships completely because we do need them and they are powerful. And a, and a true, strong, healthy partnership is you're, it's good. I don't know. I, I think eventually I will get to a place where I do want a partner who matches me. Yeah. And I think I'll be stronger with a partner. Yeah. Than on my own. But it's totally fine to like take the time and when you when you're there and when you're ready, you'll know. Like it'll it'll be clear to you. I we're social beings, like we're creatures that like seek that deep mm-hmm. connection. So in time, when it feels important and like it's a priority for you, I think it just becomes more obvious. Yeah, and also just to touch, like, good good for you to be on your own for, like, the first time and really embracing that and then also recognizing that maybe it is time to push yourself into the relationship category. Like, just following you and seeing all your stories and your, your energy is always so high. You're always vibrating. Like, you also have beautiful skin, little side note. But <laughs> Thank you. I love seeing your stuff and, like, seeing you traveling and starting your own business and your candles and just oh you're very I love it like and I just I don't know I couldn't see you maybe you wouldn't have done that if you didn't take this time to be by yourself right now no thank you I really appreciate that and it's kind of a crazy thing because like COVID was the best not the actual virus obviously but like the societal (laughs) experience of COVID lockdown that like weirdness about that like how it forced us into reflection and like being honest with ourselves and like kind of reevaluating was the 
best thing that has ever happened to me. My life looked entirely different in March 2020, like was in a relationship, was living in the suburbs, worked for a gym, like, and I could have easily been stuck in that for way longer if the universe didn't kind of like kick my ass and put me in a situation where I'm like, okay, I have to actually build everything from scratch right now. And I'm going to do it really, really intentionally. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, I've fucked up along the way. I've made a a couple little mistakes over the last couple of years and got caught up in some old patterns and whatever. But like, I think as we do, as As we do. do, Yeah. I mean, I think it's just the journey. Like we don't really learn our lessons without getting hurt sometimes. And I think I'm ready to like understand that again, that like you have to jump and you have to trust and it might not always work out, but like, that's just part of the growth. The darkness is where the the light is being created. Like this year was one of the roughest years for me, starting from like just before Christmas last year through till Christmas was horrible. And then like the rest of the four months were just trash. Like got my heart broken, got sick again, like family stuff, money problems. Like, and now looking like where I am, I just moved into a new place. I have a new car. I'm single. I'm happy. I I'm done school like my life just did a 360 in such a short period of time like literally one week and I I would look back and I'm like every single time all of these negative and horrible things are like these hard times are happening there's so much light coming like yeah. I know it every time <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I and then it comes and here we are so yeah well your life did a 180 not a 360 I hope I feel like I've heard oh. so many people say that in the last <laughs> yeah. few days no 360s people just no, 180 you're so right <laughs> but yeah I see that in you like even just watching your stories it's like you have just blossomed like into this like ease and this like just this new chapter and you're glowing and it's like so beautiful to watch thank you I appreciate that I I feel like I'm finally in a position where I can do the things that I have been wanting to do for so long because school was such a barrier for me but I was I really wanted to stop but I I was so far in and to stop there felt like I was quitting and so even though the degree didn't mean so much to me completing it did just to have completed something and now that I'm done I'm so happy I I finished and for the first time in my whole life I'm not in school and I I like it feels like the whole world is just so big and I can do whatever I want which is very overwhelming and scary at times but also super exciting yeah so liberating there's so much freedom in that and like it just feels like such a weight lifted off your shoulders when you no longer have that feeling of like university where it's like you always should be doing more you always should be doing something like that that guilt and shame associated with that is pretty toxic so it's so beautiful to be free of that yeah it was just I I experienced way too much burnout to even try to do my passions like I was dealing with my health and work and I was working three jobs and I was in university and like trying to see my friends and just do so much and I just burnt out so if I like I really wanted to make YouTube videos for so long and I'm only just now doing it and I wish look looking back I wish I would have just given myself that permission to just not have to do so much I would always constantly feel kind of shitty about myself because I wasn't doing my podcast or YouTube videos or the things like coming out with an album like there were so many things I wanted to do but I just didn't have the the energy I don't want to say the time for it because I could have made time but the energy 
yeah for it and I wish I would have just waited because the like the university the universe doesn't give you an opportunity until you're really ready for it really ready yeah I love that and it's like when I started my podcast I just made a rule with myself like I'm not gonna hold myself to this weekly episode standard I'm just not because I know that that's gonna ruin this for me so I just do it like very much like when I'm feeling passionate about it when I feel inspired like last summer I don't think I don't think I had an episode for like six months because I was enjoying my summer and then I was like getting ready to travel and then I was traveling and like I just took a break and I didn't let myself feel any kind of way about it because I made that agreement with myself in the beginning like I'm not gonna do it that way because I know that's gonna fuck this up for me so good for you I love that that's so I'm glad you said that because we take something so fun and something we were passionate about and wanted to do and create and we turn it into work mm-hmm. if we set these like we have to especially with social media it's interesting because a lot of people are going into social media as their career or maybe their dream or whatever and and they make it it's like their dream job they turn it into something so stressful and so much pressure and something they have to do instead of something they want to or chose to do yeah and so I'm really happy that you do that <laughs> I'm the same way yeah, it has to be that way. Like when you think about energy, it's like everything we do has to be from a good place. Like it has to come from an energy mm. of gratitude, appreciation, excitement, joy, love. Like it has to or else it fucks it up. Like even like fitness. Especially like, creativity. Yeah, especially anything creative, like any kind of outlet like that. But like anything, like as a personal trainer, I would watch people come into the gym from self-loathing, from guilt, from shame, from fear. Mm. And it's like no, you're not going to have sustainable results this way. Like we have to, that's why I pivoted my entire career because I'm like, this is not working. Like there's so much more going on. There's so many like limiting beliefs and fears and like things underlying like why you're stuck in the first place. You don't need a personal trainer. Like you need something else. Yeah. It's not like, obviously you don't like working out if it's something you're like forcing yourself to do and you feel like you have to, like you want to go for a walk, just go for a walk. Like just get some just do movement that your body's like calling you to do yeah it doesn't need to be like the gym six days a week like I don't even gym anymore it's so weird to me because like I used to be so into it and like I competed in fitness competitions and now like weightlifting to me is just like I'm not I'm not feeling it and I feel like if I force myself to go it's not fun and I want to have fun and enjoy myself and the results are so much better when I listen to my body yeah when you honor your body like doing something because it feels good whatever that is and not do I always say this and I feel like it comes across kind of ignorant sometimes but I'm like life's not that hard you just have to do the shit that feels good and don't do the shit that makes you feel bad you know what I mean like it's actually really easy and that there I, I recognize that there's like I'm I've lived a fairly privileged life and like not everybody has it's not so simple in every situation but like there are always little things you can do to empower yourself to do more that fills you up and there are ways that you can set boundaries and eliminate shit that is sucking your soul and making you get stuck in those low vibration experiences and emotions yep once you say you can't like you can't yeah like you have to like I've been in some pretty terrible situations that feel like there's no way out of them like even look at my chronic disease like I can't I could say, oh, I can't do anything about it. I have this chronic illness. Doctors say it's, like, impossible to cure. And here I am, like, Googling things, trying to change my future with diet and 
like it's possible anything's possible is it hard sometimes like yeah but that's when you choose your hard it's either hard to live with chronic illness or it's hard to heal it and you can pick which one you're going to do and it's actually like you said it comes down to a very simple decision of do you want to keep living like this or do you want to change it mm-hmm. totally. and you can accept it I could just accept it and be like okay I want to stay sick because I want to just eat what I want and drink and do whatever the heck I want or I can make a sacrifice to some of those things for a better health it's my choice <laughs> Totally. And I feel like that choice is also links back into like that self-worth and that self-love. Like you love yourself enough to know what is actually going to serve you and bring you closer to your goals of like living a, a life that feels healthy and aligned with like what feels meaningful for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And what you said made me think of um, how we <laughs> how you can kind of do what you want and do what feels right. And then people may say, well, I don't ever feel like doing my homework when I don't ever feel like going to the gym. I don't, and it's like, okay, maybe not in the moment, but that's where delayed gratification comes in because you need to decide what you are working towards. You may not want to get up and do school today, but you may want to graduate, mm-hmm. in which case, again, it comes to a simple decision. It's like, okay, you don't want to do school? Don't. Like, just stop doing it. And then people are like, but then I'm going to fail and I'm going to, like, I won't graduate. And it's like, okay, so then do school. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, it's pretty simple. It is. But the the thing that makes it feel complicated is we don't understand our values and priorities. We're handed, like, a list of, like, what we should think is important by, like, our parents or by society. And it's like, I feel like I have to go to school. I feel like I have to finish this. And, like, yeah, there is so much to be said for completing a degree because just the discipline and, like, the, the energy that goes into that is, like, it develops skills for us. I went through that exact same experience of, like, almost quitting university but then deciding to finish my degree just for the sake of it like I was doing a sociology degree everyone I talked to was like what are you gonna do with that like (laughs) why are you doing an arts degree what is that gonna and like I got really discouraged but I decided to finish it and guess what I'm using that degree now like it's not about the actual content of the degree it's about completing the degree that's where you get the knowledge and the skills you just get to know yourself like it's just a, a journey that you're on learn learn you learn how to get things in on time etc but knowing yourself too and knowing yourself and trusting yourself enough to recognize when like oh fuck this isn't even my own goal this is someone else's goal that I've just internalized whether that's your parents or society or whatever like you're saying it's like making those decisions but knowing where that decision is coming from and making sure that it's true to you that's what's going to steer you in in the direction of the life that you actually give a shit about yeah yeah you're so right and circling back to what you said about values I actually just recently rewrote mine out again because I was trying to help myself make decisions so when you write down your values um and then you're trying to make a decision you can kind of see where it ranks on your values um and so health is my number one value because I I've learned the hard way that without it nothing in life is very good um and then second it was like a tie between family and actually quality of life. Mm. And I, I, I love family and friends, but I had to put quality of life first or second actually, because that's me. Like I need to come first 
and that may seem selfish, but unless my cup is full, I have nothing to give to others and I can't, I can't take care of my family. So my quality of life to me is more valuable. That makes perfect sense to me. And I mean, it would because I'm developing programs and working with people all the time and like teaching people that like, if you're not your best self, you're doing everyone else a disservice. Like it's only when we feel good and our cup is full and we, we are being honest with ourselves. Everyone benefits from that. Everybody Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. but it's so hard to, to learn how to meet our own needs and to have those boundaries and to protect that. (laughs) Like life or death. I would like obviously sacrifice my quality of life for like to take care of my mom or something like that. Don't get me wrong. But if one of my family members or my friends is asking me for something and that's a boundary for me I need to respect myself and my quality of life before I will do that like you always need to come first and people I think really struggle with this one yeah oh yeah definitely because we're taught that it's selfish and we're taught that we know we're supposed to be doing life a certain way and that's all really meaningless like it's just what feels good for you and figuring out what feels meaningful and aligned and chasing that unapologetically the world would work so simply if people just showed up authentically you say you come in a room you want to like eat something you just do it you like yes you want to be considerate of other people but to a certain extent like I know some people who'd be like oh like they want water or something but they're like afraid to ask for it or afraid to get up and get it and then it also comes into play so say the person comes in and they do that and the other person has a problem with it that's on that person to vocalize that in a mature healthy manner and say oh hey by the way could you please not do that and then that person and then it goes from there instead of everyone trying to figure out what everyone else wants and live their life to please them it just becomes so twisted and it's like just do what you want and then also have the like ability to set your own boundaries and then like voice them if you have a problem with someone else's behavior or if they have a problem with yours. Like, yeah. We like do spend said, so much energy trying to like predict how our, how we are going to be received. Right. And it's like, we have all of these like deep rooted fears and so much of it is subconscious. Like if everybody knew that that's why they were living the way they're living, it would be easier. But the subconscious mm-hmm. mind is so powerful and so quick that it controls all, almost all of our behavior. And we don't know why we're doing anything we're doing. Mm. If, mm-hmm. if you haven't built the skill of being self-aware and reflecting and getting curious about yourself. And just like not being a slave to your emotions too, because you be- can become self-aware and be like, okay, I'm angry. I'm sad, like whatever it is. But unless you have that ability to understand that like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling sad and that's it. It doesn't need to change your behavior or your attitude or your response. You can feel the emotion and still remain quite like in control I guess totally and I wish I knew that at 24 because I certainly did not I was very (laughs) reactive um but like where did you learn these skills like I know that you share sometimes about like your mental health journey but where have you kind of pulled all of this wisdom from uh I would say I grew up very quickly um so my whole life I was kind of just I, I like above my age like I don't want to say that in like a egotistical way but I would <laughs> say I was always like a little bit more advanced than where I was actually at just because of the experiences that I had been through mm-hmm. um and then 
because of things with family and then my health, like very young, I started to take on a lot of my own journey. And then I quickly got into like a relationship with someone who was like a shaman. So that kind of introduced me to the spiritual world. At the same time, I was recovering from an eating disorder from competing and then the eating disorder made me realize it wasn't actually about the food so I went to therapy and then from there it kind of just started this journey and I got into the books and the podcasts and just learning for the last however many years and kind of also traveling on my own like moving to Australia was a big learning lesson and there was just I think it was just a lot of the experiences that I've had that and meeting new people and trying to understand others I've also kind of always had this view of like taking on every view. It makes it very confusing for me at times, but I could justify a position on any argument from any side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, it, I it feel kinda, that. It's just like understanding like people and how, I don't know, I'm not perfect by any means. Like I still go through my own things and I can say all of this because I know it, but do I always live by it no because I'm not a perfect human but that's probably where like the self-awareness came from and just yeah understanding all of that yeah that answers the question no it does and I want to like rewind and touch on a couple of the things that you mentioned mm-hmm. I was thinking about that too I think you and I had spoken about it before but can you share a bit about that experience with um like the I don't know if it was like a bikini competition or bodybuilding or what, but like the competition world and the impact that had on your relationship to yourself and to like food. Yeah. So I always had a really good relationship with food. I ate whatever I wanted. I mean, apart from being diagnosed with celiac disease at 16, but that was really just gluten. And once I got used to that, it took a few months. I was back to a very healthy relationship with food Um, and then I wanted to compete just to like challenge myself. I didn't think it was going to destroy me the way that it did. Um, and the whole time competing, I was like, this is fine. Like, this is good. I like, everything was going well. Um, and then I ended up doing like a double show and I think that's where it kind of went wrong. So I was doing a prep period of 16 weeks to compete in the Popeye's fall classic, but at about 10 weeks, my coaches wanted me to enter like the Van City Pro Show and I was like ready to go for it. So I did that. And then only like once I finished that show, I had to kind of go right back into prep again and doing a double peak week, which is the week pre-show. It's like the hardest week of your whole prep, I would say. Doing a double one really was really challenging for me. And it was in between those shows that I... I lost control. Like, I think I was just so hungry and my hormones and my metabolism was being destroyed that I ended up like binging and it was the weirdest experience I've ever had because it wasn't like, oh, I just overate. It was like, I blacked out and like just started eating like anything I saw in my house. And like, let's not forget, like I was literally in prep for a comp, like coming up in like a week or two and I binged and I freaked out and I was like, I need to be on stage. So I ended up purging. And then after I was like crying and I'm like, what the hell? Like that was, that was some eating disorder shit right there. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that again. And so I just didn't tell anyone. I kept it to myself. And then like a week later, still pre-show, it happened again. 
And then by the time the show came around, like, I was so unhappy to be on stage. Like, I came off crying, and everyone thought that it was because I didn't win. And I'm like, no, I just do not want to be here. I Like, I hate this so much. I didn't like being on stage. I just didn't understand the whole point of, like, the competition. And then I thought that post-show, like, I could eat whatever I wanted again. I mean, you're supposed to reverse diet, but I threw that out the window because I just didn't have the mental capacity to diet any longer. And I thought it would go back to normal, but the eating disorder continued. I stopped the purging because to me that was like the binging wasn't so bad if I didn't purge. But then from binge eating, it became like orthorexia and I became obsessed with like healthy eating. And for me, it ended up just being like a control mechanism. Like if I could control my food, I could control my feelings. And then when I ended up going to therapy about like a year later, I realized that it wasn't actually about the food. It was more so about feeling in control and stuff that had happened with like my family and my dad and just like, uh, just like there was so many layers to it. And then uh, I eventually actually got out of the eating disorder by just giving myself total control. I was just like, just eat, just do it. And so I just like allowed myself to like, eat a whole bunch of food and the more that I did that the less hungry I became the less cravings I had and eventually it just kind of leveled out and I don't know if you know who Stephanie Buttermore is but she created this series on YouTube called All In and it was about how she was like fixing her chronic hunger from dieting for her whole life and she basically just did the same thing like allowing herself to eat anything she wanted and eventually your body will go back to its like homeostasis like you'll gain some weight at first, but then eventually it'll level out and your hormones will be better and your metabolism. And finally now I'm in a good place, but it took a, it took a really long time, like a few years at least to get back. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And actually, as you were sharing that, it reminded me that that is why I followed you in the first place. It was years ago. And I feel like you were talking a lot about that at the time. And it really resonated with me um, because I was just starting my personal training career and I um, struggled with binge eating disorder as well not because of competing or anything just like it was just something that happened and I when you're describing like (laughs) that that feeling of being in a binge like it's truly like you're possessed like I I would be out like out of body like not able to control and then the shame and the guilt that follows that is like indescribable the (laughs) self-loathing and like Um, sorry go on no no go ahead I remember literally like sneaking out of my house like really quietly going to the grocery store getting a box of cookies a whole tub of ice cream a big size bag of chips coming home like sneaking it into my room so no one would know and like eating it all in one in one sitting and I would be so like I would be in pain like it would literally hurt and I would keep eating yeah and then you have to hide the garbage because you don't want people to know that you did it and like it's like the the weirdest like behaviors like you're behaving like an addict or like someone who has like like it's really really weird and I know that feeling of like I would be sore for like two days after because of how much food I would put in my body like it would be Mm. so uncomfortable like you'd be so bloated and so sick afterwards and it's like the most confusing experience and I didn't understand at the I was talking about this like two days ago when somebody like in my dms asked me how did you heal your binge eating and like I I still haven't responded because I'm like 
how did I heal my binge eating? Like I wanted to just like sit and think about it, but it, it is, it's like understanding that it's like not about the food. It's a manifestation of something. And like, for me, it actually was like loneliness. It was after that first breakup. I was like really traumatized. I had destroyed all my friendships. I was really alone. And all I had was like food. Like I was just numbing myself with food and partying, but like, when I couldn't party, I would just eat. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, yeah. like, everything. Anything I could get my hands on, I was just, like, it's grasping and trying to, like, numb myself and trying to make myself mm. feel better, which that, sure. It, it temporarily helps, but it, it doesn't. Like, it for something that feels so crappy, it's weird that it feels good in yeah. the moment. And that's how I describe self-sabotage to my clients now. It's, like, any behavior that, like, you feel like you're solving a problem – but it's creating a new problem is self-sabotage, right? It's like that cycle because you're like eating because it feels good for a second, but then it's like a bigger problem tomorrow and then you're back to square one and you get stuck in that cycle. So it's being honest with yourself, which is really fucking hard to do, especially in the moment about like, why am I doing this? Where is this coming from? Like, what am I trying to fix right now? Yeah. And if someone's listening and they're struggling with this right now, like just know it's not a linear journey. I remember I went like, like a few weeks without a binge and then I'd binge and I'd be like, Oh no, is it starting again? But you kind of just have to keep pushing through. And then I'd go like two months without one and then I'd have one. And then eventually I just stopped like it, but it wasn't like, Oh, I just stopped cold Turkey and I never binged again. It wasn't like that. It's Mm. a very slow process of like working through it every single time and forgiving yourself every single time. And then almost pretending as if it didn't happen like it happened you forgive and then you move Move on as if it didn't and you continue on your journey of living a different life yeah that's a really good point and I think if there is anyone listening who's dealing with any eating disorders I know that I'm happy to talk to you I don't know Lexi if you're open to talking I assume you are because you have always been very open yeah dm either of us and I'll also share some resources in the in the episode notes that you guys can seek out if you are looking to get some support or learn more about disordered eating but the the competition world has always scared the fuck out of me because I watch people deprive themselves to such an extreme and someone as someone who's dealt with binge eating disorder my binge eating disorder came from me restricting myself it actually probably started if we were going to classify it as anorexia like I just was restricting the fuck out of myself because I didn't understand nutrition I thought that's was normal diet culture okay I just like I'm gonna eat like everything low calorie I'm not gonna eat fat I was like 19 and delusional and I was just eating basically nothing and then I would deprive restrict 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 until the point where like you said I would just snap and I would get into this like eating frenzy and I was doing it in a weird way very shameful very like hiding it from my boyfriend and my roommates at the time and at some point I recognized that like it was actually a serious problem it took a couple years probably for me to be like oh this is not normal and it yeah, might need help part. like but, actually like accepting that you have a problem was like the hardest part yeah I, was like, I don't have any disorder <laughs> I remember like sitting in my parents kitchen and like googling like what is happening to me and then like finding out that in binge eating was an eating disorder and I was like holy fuck is this real but yeah I mean seeing that in myself and then watching people put themselves into that extreme deprivation in the competition world has always concerned me anything that is extreme at this point 
makes me very concerned even like Mm -hmm. keto and things where you're like eliminating things long term like I just don't like it I just don't think it makes sense and it's it's setting you up for some kind of rebound yeah I don't believe in like fad diets or no but I do believe in like just quality of food because um actually quickly first people who compete and everything like if they if you love it and it like works for you like all the power to you but those like it's not healthy like it's it's not like you can't justify it as being healthy and also they usually don't have very good mobility or flexibility or like it's just like an aesthetic thing it's Mm -hmm. not anything to do with like fitness or health in my opinion and then two it comes down to like quality of food not necessarily diets like when post competing I gained 20 pounds I was like 145 pounds for the first time in my life and I could not lose this weight like I couldn't mm-hmm. um and I was 125 pre-competing and not that like weight necessarily matters but just to give context um when I switched to finally just eating good quality foods no more processed things no more sugar-free chemical like none of that like I would eat 100% real maple syrup use as much as I wanted I'd use honey like natural holistic foods I ate whatever I wanted, however much I wanted. I stopped tracking calories and I lost 20 pounds. Yeah. And it was like the easiest thing I've ever done. I don't yeah. even think I really worked out that hard. I just ate good quality food. I agree with you there. And like when I really think about what healed, like in quotations, my binge eating, it was understanding my emotions and mm. then also like educating myself on nutrition like what does my body actually need and then learning how to understand like what my body likes and what my body doesn't like and just that's how I eat I don't I never count calories I don't weigh myself I don't like obsess about anything anymore which is crazy I wouldn't have believed that I could ever have gotten to this place but it's like I just eat healthy I eat what I know my body needs I eat a lot of protein I eat a lot of vegetables and just like give my body what makes it feel its best and I still indulge from here here and there whenever the fuck I want to like I don't even think about it I'm like if I want a cookie I'm gonna eat a cookie and if you just eat the cookie when you want it it's done like like that's it but if you don't it causes way more problems exactly and it's like also again back to that idea of like I eat that cookie in a high vibration I'm like I am loving this this cookie is bomb and then it's over there's no shame there's no guilt there's no self-loathing it's just yeah, it's just a positive experience and that's exactly. what it should be like like when even the word cheat meal I'm like I hate this no. why are we why are we making this like weird energy around just eating the foods that we enjoy the 80 yeah. 20 rule I feel like is just everything but it takes educating yourself on like the basics of nutrition and then just like learning how to listen to your body 100% when you actually get to a place where your body is functioning properly and your gut's healthy your body will tell you what you're craving and it will get very specific because it starts to learn what nutrients are in what foods and your body will crave those foods to get the nutrients that it's actually needing in that day so it's best to actually release the the logic like the mind when you're going to eat and really tuning into okay like sometimes I'll be like I'm craving a few cashews with some blueberries with some of this like and I'm like don't know why but I don't question it I just eat it and it it makes me feel so good it's like my body knew that that's what it needed and that's how it's supposed to work that's amazing that's so true um okay well thank you for all of that and the other thing I wanted to circle back to because I'm just Mm -hmm. nosy and I'm curious tell me it sounded like when you described it you were really young but you were dating a shaman like what 
How old were oh. you? <laughs> uh, yeah, how old was I? I was, I want to say 20 at the time, and he was 25, I think. Mm, okay. um, and yeah, that's how I kind of got into like the spiritual world and like into psychedelics and kind of expanding my mind. And cool, he facilitated cool. a lot of like cool things for me. Um, just kind of like brought me into that world, like opened me up and I, I'm still like very close with that person as well. Like he's still like a huge part of my life to this day. Amazing. Um, and yeah, that was, that's kind of how that happened. I know it sounds really weird when I tell people, but (laughs) he's not a shaman anymore, but he, he was. Okay. Interesting. That's cool. And I mean, everybody comes into our story and our journey for a reason. And I love that you're still like that person is still a positive part of your life. Um, psychedelics are a whole nother conversation. I know. Is that is that still a part of like your practice, or is that something that you've dabbled with, or do you microdose? Like, what what's your relationship to psychedelics, and how have they helped yeah. you? I have I have tried a lot of drugs. I'm gonna be honest. Like, <laughs> I in safe environments, I was experimenting. I have tried probably almost everything at least once except for I haven't done like ayahuasca and those big ones yet, but I definitely would probably like to at some point. Um, Mushrooms were a big one for me. I did a lot and I still microdose to this day. I've been off it for like a little bit right now just because of my colitis and just trying to kind of give my body a break. But uh, I definitely love microdoses. I believe in them. I, I, I would say I'm more so into maybe kind of steering more away from those things right now like not microdosing I think that's beneficial but I don't really do any like big mushroom trips anymore or like I don't drink and like I do smoke weed but I think there's a balance to utilizing the medicine in a intentional beautiful way and then it's a fine line Mm -hmm. between I don't want to go extreme and be sober because I think that that's not necessarily even healthy for me, but I want to, I'm always aware of my relationship with this specific, um, substance. Yeah. How do you think that you've benefited from microdosing? Like you're saying it's beneficial. Like what are the benefits that you see from, is it mushrooms that you're microdosing? Yeah, I do. I microdose with mushrooms. Um, I find that, Over time, I take one every three days, about 100 milligrams, very light. Um, Yeah, same as me. It improves my creativity, my my overall kind of like mood boost. It kind of makes me just feel a little bit more vibrant. Uh, It more, yeah, I don't know. It it has its different effects on different people, but for the most part, I would enjoy. I enjoy doing it more than I would enjoy not microdosing (laughs) yeah that's that's a good way to put it for sure for me it like really helped me to get my anxiety under control like I feel like it just raised my vibration I stopped living in fear and I was able to relax into like acceptance and it helps me to reflect more deeply and like just feel more connected oh more connected that was weird (laughs) more I just went demonic um but yeah that's interesting that I like your openness around experimenting with everything and I think there's value in like putting yourself in safe containers and seeing what Mm. it brings you but also like you're saying just kind of like also existing in a more I don't know 
unaltered state. There's a lot of power in that too, in both sides. Yeah, I think you shouldn't be afraid of being sober. Like if you can't handle being sober, maybe that's something you need to do for some time before you're able to reintroduce. Uh, it just it's everyone evaluating their own relationships and their own experiences like you can't listen to me saying oh I've tried all these drugs and then you feel that you need to try all these drugs maybe that's not for you maybe you don't feel called to do that in which case you maybe you shouldn't like it's up it's totally up to the individual to distinguish where they're at and what they're being called for yeah and listening to that call and knowing like if you want to try something, where is that coming from? And again, like the curiosity around like your reasoning, are you doing it because all your friends are doing it or because you feel like, Mm. especially ayahuasca, it's like, again, a little trendy, like, you know, it's, it's something that people are doing and we, you just want to make sure that your intentions are pure and like that you're, you're coming from the right place of just like wanting to get to know yourself or exploring or having new experiences because it feels meaningful for you. Yes, understanding the risks, um, having a safe place, knowing where you're getting your substance from, making sure you have someone watching over you when you're doing them. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like, oh my God, I love drugs. I do drugs. Like, every time I did them, it was a very like planned out, like secure, safe environment. And that's, that is very important because I've had some bad experiences as well. And like, they're pretty rough. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, a bad mushroom trip. Oh my goodness. Mm hmm. Yeah, I I haven't ever done more than a microdose of mushrooms for that reason because I'm I think we actually talked about this too but like when I was young I was diagnosed with OCD and I would have really really powerful like I just worried a lot but like in an extreme way I never really had like the compulsion so much just like really really invasive fear-based thoughts so I've seen mm-hmm. like the darkness of my mind and I think that's kept me away from those types of experiences especially in like my teenage years because I was like I know like what happens to me when I get kind of snagged into like the darkness of like the fear and like all of that stuff. Now that I've like worked through a lot of shit in my subconscious, like years into my adulthood and whatever, and I've done a lot of work on myself, I don't feel scared of my subconscious anymore. So it like is on the radar for me. But I think that has always been my fear is like having that like classic bad trip and like not having the tools to cope with that. Yeah, of course, you have to be very careful. And Speaking on mental health, actually, my take is that it's not to discredit anyone with mental health because I have definitely suffered my friends and family, and I think there's different degrees and various layers to it. But in my opinion, mental health is more of like a category of symptoms. Oh, yeah. There's so much overlap. And it's not a label that you are stuck with for the rest of your life. No. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I've been diagnosed with multiple things, ADHD, (laughs) like all kinds of shit. And like during certain times of my life, I did fit those categories. And most of them, almost all of them, actually, probably all of them, I don't really anymore. Like even anxiety, like I don't really experience those symptoms anymore. And I was talking with a therapist about this. Well, often multiple therapists, but like it's when we regress, like when life gets hard, some of that shit might still come up for you, but that doesn't mean that's who you are. That's not, no, like, that doesn't determine your life. Yeah. As soon as you identify with it, it becomes like who you are and you like, you're no longer 
going to change it or feel that you even have the power to change it. Yeah, exactly like you said about even just like a chronic illness. Is that going to be who you are now? Or are you going to commit to always trying to do the most to support yourself and to grow and live with it in a more comfortable way? Exactly. I actually am in the process of like healing myself right now with <laughs> with a diet, but it's a very, I've done a lot of research into it. It's very interesting, actually. It's called GAPS. It stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. And it's a diet that you do for about like one to two years. And it's not super restrictive. It's it's actually allows you to eat quite a lot, but there are restrictions, obviously. And it's a very complex diet, the most complex I think I've ever read about. Um, but it's had amazing, like profound effects on people's mental health, which was created for, and then also autoimmune disease, which I have too. And my favorite part about this diet is it it's one to two years because you're going in, you're healing your gut, like completely healing your gut and then reintroducing foods so that by the end of the diet, you are healed and you are able to eat freely again. It's like the only diet I think I've ever heard of that has a ending like it's not meant to be for your life it's meant to heal you and move on from kind of what you were saying about how like keto and all these diets like okay so what happens when you're done yeah they're they're so restrictive and it you know it's not sustainable it scares me but that is fascinating what is it called gaps gaps okay yeah so I wouldn't recommend this diet to the average individual the only reason I am to this place is because I have an extremely destroyed gut and it affects my mental health, my skin, my, my life. Like I have ulcerative colitis. I have flare ups, even though I'm on a medication that completely shuts my immune system down. I'm limited to traveling because of my meds. Like anytime I get a cut, it gets infected because I like, and it's just not the life I want to live. So I'm willing to make the sacrifices and do this extreme diet to heal that. But I wouldn't be like, Oh, everyone should do this. Yeah. If you want to go on like full gaps and try it for a little while, like for sure, because there's an intro stage to the diet, which takes about like six plus weeks. Um, and then you go on the full diet, which is very much like less restrictive, but the intro is very difficult. And so I'm going to be managing like any eating disorder, sim- like fe- like, I don't think I'm going to struggle with that anymore. I think I'm in a place now where it won't affect me, but I'm definitely going to be cautious of like how I'm feeling as I'm working through this diet. And I actually want to um, document the entire thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to see everything that's next for you. Are you going to be vlogging? What are you doing on YouTube? Yes, I've started vlogging again. And I was kind of just started making any video that kind of like, I wanted to have fun with it and wanted to feel pressured or like I had to do it. So Mm -hmm. I've just been vlogging whatever. But then once I'm, once I start this diet, Uh, I will be filming it like a series kind of like almost like a vlog style slash like documentary style series like that's kind of my goal but we'll see what actually is created um I just think it would be super cool if I document it and I was able to come off my medication or heal myself and just kind of show the world that it is possible despite doctors telling me it's impossible actually doctors told me that my diet won't do anything so Mm, okay well I'm sign me up I want to know all about it I want to be on the journey with you I want to hear all about it thank you okay so I mean we've talked about pretty much everything under the sun here but just to kind of close the container I have four like kind of rapid fire questions for you Ooh, hit me (laughs) okay so can you share with us do you have one goal that you've never said out loud for your life No, not not that I haven't said out loud. 
Uh, I would say like the least likely goal that people don't know about me is that I want to be able to give back to my parents. So like, I want to be able to pay my mom's pension and get my dad something as well. Um, just because they've given me so much in their life that I want to get to a place where I can give back to them. And that's not something that I share very often. Yeah, that's just, that's beautiful. I love that. What is your biggest, most ambitious goal? If you've already verbalized your wildest dreams, like what's your biggest goal? for your life oh my career like the things I want to do I want to be in a place where I am able to uh live my multi-passionate self embrace multiple careers like uh, I think that's why YouTube is such a big one for me because I'm able to share I love it I love the process of it but also because it creates so many different opportunities I can go into health and fitness lifestyle um like I don't know like I want to write a book one day I want to go like there's just so many things I want to do and I think YouTube would give me the ability to do everything that I want yeah okay what's your YouTube where can people find you it's just Lexi Kirky just my name Lexi it's, Kirky. it's linked in my oh is it linked on my Instagram it's definitely not I will link it there you should do that <laughs> I'll I'll put it in the episode notes below as well okay great Okay, next question. And I feel like you're good at these types of questions. But what what's one recent embarrassing moment that you've had? Oh, uh, gosh, it takes a lot to get me embarrassed. Yeah. Because of ulcerative colitis, I have shit my pants in public like more than <laughs> once. And so I think from that, like, uh, you know what, I'll tell you my most embarrassing one. I was in Australia traveling like solo down the coast so I took like transit I was like 30 40 minutes from home get off the train and I'm walking in this neighborhood and I have an ulcerative colitis attack and I can feel it coming on it's very distinct and I was like I have about 30 seconds to find somewhere to go to the bathroom or it's happening in my pants and like I was in a neighborhood I was like do I go in someone's lawn do I knock on someone's door like there's no public washrooms near here and I didn't think fast enough so it just happened and so it's like in my pants and I'm like standing on the side of the street with like literally shit in my pants and I'm like all right so I'm like <laughs> what's the game plan here I google like a washroom it's like a 10 minute walk down the beach so I'm like trying to avoid people and like walk down this beach very discreetly and I get to this like like uh outdoor bathroom like one of those like beach bathrooms and of course it's like a double entrance and so the sinks are along the wall that like both the door entrances are on and it's like an open bathroom so I'm like okay if I go in the stall right now and I take my pants off I'm gonna have to like stand naked while I wash them in the (laughs) sink and I had to like throw out my underwear and like go and wash my pants in the sink and like put them back on because I didn't have any other option and you had to stand there naked washing your pants Oh, yeah. I tried to, like, pull my shirt down, but, like, there wasn't, like, that was it. Like, I was like, all right. I think I had a cardigan, so I think I was, like, pretty okay. Like, I could wrap it around me. Oh, my gosh. That was, uh... You were resilient. Um, Okay, (laughs) I'm so sorry that happened. But I, like, you know, I always kind of talk about that with my clients, too. It's, like, embarrassment is relative. Like, being embarrassed is a choice at the end of the day. Like, we're all human. We're all animals. We're all going through the same fucking weird shit. We just, like, don't talk about it often enough, so... That's a kind of an extreme example, but it just goes to show, like, 
we're not always in control that happens you're like no longer embarrassed about like anything like you said recently I'm like I haven't been embarrassed recently (laughs) that's a blessing yeah I feel that too it's like pretty hard to embarrass me now as well because I just know we're all just having the same fucked up human experience and it is what it is yeah I think I just giggle I just laugh. I'm like, that's funny. Like, good one. Yeah, good one. Universe, thank you. Um, what's one recent meaningful life lesson you've learned? Oh wow. Um, I would say the biggest learning I'm doing right now is I just moved in with one of my girlfriends. Um, absolutely love her. I love living with her, and it's funny because she is probably everyone's a mirror of you of course but she is probably the most accurate reflection I've never met someone so like me that there's been so much learning because it's almost like watching myself through someone else Mm. and taking all that learning from like an external standpoint instead of internalizing it and that has been so eye-opening for me lately and I'm really excited for this like next year because we only just moved in together yeah. for a couple of weeks ago so I'm I'm just so excited for all of the learning that's going to come <laughs> from being reflected like a version of myself back to me who I'm like living with <laughs> yeah that's an exciting chapter and that's an interesting thing a pers- good perspective too because it's easier to learn when you it's not you like when you see someone oh. else living it you're like well that doesn't make sense or like oh I see this way more clearly yeah. when it's us it's it's way harder right it's so much easier to explore other people's challenges because you're not in their head. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, my last question for you is, I know you're a master manifester, so what's, what are you manifesting next? Oh, wow, that's a tough one for me because I feel like I just got all of my, like, all of my manifestations just came true recently. Yeah. Um, my home and my, like, life and my car and my job and everything, but... Right now, I'd say most of my manifestations are centered around, like, career and abundance and uh, making money in the way that I want to make money. So a mix of, like, enjoying my career but also being financially, like, abundant and secure. I love that. I relate to that. Yeah, it's different. It's so different to make money versus, like, being in alignment with, like, your passions and building your dream income with your dream business or whatever it looks like. Like it feels incredibly different. So that's so exciting. I feel like you're at the beginning of so many beautiful chapters. You've set yourself up to just like enjoy now, which is so exciting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a crazy time. (laughs) It's so overwhelming some days. And then other, like for the most part though, it's like, holy, this is great. Like it's weird to be in a place where like everything is good. Yeah. Well, and there's, have you ever heard of like an upper limit problem or read the book? Yes. Leap? Yeah. Yes. I am experiencing that. Yeah. And it's like, it's getting used to like setting your happiness thermostat higher and you have to be really intentional about that. It's like, no, nothing bad is around the corner. This is not going to be taken from me. This is, I am worthy of this happiness, this really abundance, worthy. this reality, like this is mine. And like getting really, really secure in that. Yeah, it's the feeling worthy. I'm like, do I really live here? Like, is this really all for me? Like, I have all these things. I feel so, like, so much gratitude and so blessed. But at the same time, I'm also like, I sometimes I question it. I'm like, like, why me? Like, this is so much good. Like, I have so much. Like, other people don't. And I start to feel very, like, shameful about having so much. And I need to work through that currently. Yeah. Well, and you 
are making a positive impact. So I think that knowing that you're doing good and you're you're giving back, it's like Go the universe will support you continuously and just more and more as you as things unfold for you. I can't wait to see it. So you have an album on the way, YouTube popping Ooh. off. What else? Uh, I might actually get my podcast started again. Yeah, do it. But YouTube, like just kind of like the social media world. I'm trying to get out of serving right now. I still serve three times a week and I I just, I'm done with yeah. that. So, Well, that'll be another huge step. When I got myself out of that world, it took some time, but like that's when things really started to pick up momentum for me. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. And also just healing right now too. That's a big one. Doing Physical. that diet and like physically. Getting, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Lexi, thank you so much for this has been a long conversation, but I loved it. Thank you so much for joining me and being so open and honest as usual. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I forgot how much I missed podcasting. Yes, we'll be looking forward to an episode from you soon. Um, where can people find you like on Instagram or wherever? It's just Lexi Kirky underscore on Instagram. I don't know why the underscore, but um, and then Lexi Kirky pretty much everywhere else. Okay, perfect. I'll spell that for you guys. You'll see it on the episode. So make sure you find her, support her, subscribe now. There's so much good on the way. So thank you for sharing all of that with us, Lexi. I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you and can't wait to see what's next. Thank you. Thank you for having me.